in a world where corruption, lies, and hate hang over our heads like a dark storm cloud on a winter's night. The only hope for a new day is the age of authenticity. Join me for season four as we go on a mission to help 100 million people break out of isolation and into acceptance. We're gonna come alongside visionary entrepreneurs, change makers, and thought leaders. We're gonna crack this code together. An array of light and an age of authenticity is upon us. Enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, uh, I feel like you know me by now. I'm Chris Decker, your host of The Age of Authenticity. In a world where corruption, lies, and hate have become an everyday occurrence, the only hope, the only way to stand out is through the truth. And my way of bringing that truth out is through this show, Age of Authenticity. I also think we're at the beginning of a movement, of a precipice, of more truths coming out. I don't think that these mass reveals and these mass truths are going to stop anytime soon. I, I only think that um, as the, the, the lights in the world go stronger and as, I don't know, those, those that have a, a deeper sense of what's about to happen, I think we know. I think we, I know what's next um, is that we can't, we can't tolerate these lies anymore. We can't tolerate this inauthenticity anymore. Uh, I don't think the market's going to tolerate it in business. I don't think, I don't think politics will tolerate it again after this election. So why am I doing this solo episode? This is a solo episode. There's no guest right now. Uh, so it's kind of like a video journal entry where I did my episode five this morning with Randy Gage and boy, that, that one took me off center a little bit because he, he questioned, he questioned whether my beliefs were serving me in some categories. And the answer is yes, they are. I, I'm a I am a proud Christian and representative of Jesus through, through, through my work. And he kind of, he poked at that a little bit. Um, but in the following way, he argued that because I don't believe in Muhammad as God or Buddha as God or a lampshade as God, I'm actually, this, these are his words, you know, I believe in, one path and no to several other paths, meaning my predominant path is unbelief and I choose to believe one thing. And for me, that narrow path is what I choose to live the rest of my life on. I have been saved by the grace of God. I am devout in, in reading the Bible and practicing these principles. And I need to agree with Randy a little bit, um, in that it is important to explore other things and to keep your mind open um, and to look at things in a 360 perspective, to study other religions and other 
ways of, of, of understanding it. If anything, to reinforce what you already know is true or to expand upon that, <clears throat> I think I can more accurately understand the, 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 the power of a forgiving God if I understand maybe a less forgiving one from another's viewpoint or belief system. I'm here to love, and, and so that means loving everyone. Um, anyway, the reason why I'm doing this preparation right now is because um, with this episode five, I'm now bridging it with an episode six, which is uh, a solo episode. Because I want this next episode that I'm getting ready for in 35 minutes, the most important interview of my entire life, of my podcasting career, with uh, Mark Victor Hansen and his wife, Crystal Dwyer Hansen. And what was interesting is I, I was introduced to him through someone else that had been on my show. And to, to, the, to this introducer's credit, I know they meant well. I know they meant very, very well by doing this. But they exaggerated the download numbers of, of, the, of the reach of this show. And I can understand uh, why. Um, and ultimately, Mark and, and Crystal ended up booking onto my show with the expectation that they were getting X when really I was over here with Z. Um, and they had also sent me a PDF copy of the book. And um, they, bo they booked with me. We agreed on a time and they, they, they chose a time to, to, to do a podcast interview with me. And the day came up that I'm supposed to meet these two and my spirit was unsettled my spirit was unsettled because a i hadn't read the book that was not okay with me i mean we're talking about two of the most influential authors on the planet and i didn't even read their book um to my credit i i do have a difficult time reading pdfs i really prefer strongly prefer the actual hardcover copies or softcover copies of things to actually see written words on text uh, on written words on paper ink on text there's something about the tactile nature of a book that really appeals to me i, I don't think i'm ever going to get over that i've tried to do the ipad thing or the kindle thing it is not the same people don't try and tell me that it's the same. It is not the same. I will not adapt to it. I'm being extremely stubborn in that. So I write them an email. And I say, look, these aren't my download numbers. Maybe on a good day, this is my reach, right? And I told them what that was. I also said, look, I haven't, I haven't read your book, but I'm going to buy it right now. And it'll be here tomorrow uh, on Amazon. Uh, so that, you know, because of that, I'm, I'm, I'm canceling this today. Um, thank you again. I, I forgot my exact words. A day or two later, Mark replies 
we value your truth. We believe in the truth as well. And because of that, we would still like to do the show. And yeah, because of that, we'd like to still do the show. Please send us to uh, two available times. I'm thinking, wow. Um, I am so happy that A, I bought myself more time to read the book, but B, that the truth won in that instance. Um, I'm not going to get into more examples of where the truth won, but there are, there are examples every single day where the truth is is winning. And in this case, he even introduced me to another one of his colleagues who I have the pleasure with doing a show with on Friday. I'm not going to spoil a surprise, but once again, we're going to, it's raising that level and that bar just a little bit more. And I get the opportunity to speak with a woman who, who actually is changing the world. Uh, she is making a tremendous impact. Y'all know if you've been listening to this season so far that we have not just a goal, but a deep driven desire and need to help people step out of isolation and into an acceptance. And what does that mean? And we're trying to do this with a hundred million people. We're not trying to not trying to do it with the whole planet. We're taking a we're gonna take it one chunk at a time, but we want to reach a hundred million people. Help them break out of isolation and into acceptance in, in any form, any category. The basic version of that, to my understanding, and I'm sure that it's even more than that, but 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 my thesis here is that when I first stepped into recovery circles in 12-step program, uh, Celebrate Recovery, walked into the group. Uh, the group was called Adult Children of Family Dysfunction. These are the things that, you know, we're, we're, we're all there because um, of the, the issues that stemmed from uh, whatever happened in our childhood. The habits, the patterns leading to other addictions, abusing alcohol, drugs, sex, speeding in a car. I mean, you name it, the list goes on. And several times over the preceding weeks, someone else would share and they would share my damn story. You stole that from me. But this was the interesting part is I'd never really bothered to listen to anybody. I'd only wanted an opportunity to share more about myself. If I had asked somebody, hey, what business are you in or what are you doing? I was just waiting for the opportunity to give them a sales pitch. But this time was different. There's a clock. There's a timer where you, there's a social contract in the room that you cannot interrupt anybody. You have to listen to them for the amount of time that they have. And in exchange, you get your own time and everybody has to listen to you. It's a fair ass trade. And at the end of everyone's share, you, you clap in acceptance. No one's allowed to comment or judge or try and fix. And when someone else would share my story, initially I was upset because I wanted to share that. But then what happened was I realized that I was not alone. I was not alone. I thought these are the, I was the only person that had gone through any of this. Bingo, wake up call. 
So that's how I think we're going to help people step out of isolation. Is for them to hear the stories of others. To hear their own story. In theirs. And realize that they're not alone. The very simplest form of that. So for us to reach 100 million people, that's a that's a, a, an easy feat. But then where do we go from there and scale that to, to, okay, what happens once someone's accepted? What's the next step in that? Well, for me, that has been the ability to go layer by layer and continue to get to the root of what the problems are. So I'm not saying that I've figured it out. I'm not saying that this is the only path. I'm saying that I figured out, excuse me, I've discovered something that others have figured out that works. I'm simply trying to bring it into a business context so that visionary entrepreneurs and B2B sales leaders can build new relationships with their ideal clients. Not a, not a sales call. Build a relationship. Form a bond. Then serve their communities, not followers, communities. Communities means those people are talking to each other. Just because you have a million followers doesn't mean it's a community. Serve their communities through impactful content. I mean, free. You're giving it away. You're giving away the, all these ideas. I'm telling that's the only way. You can't. And then three is to capitalize on that. Capitalize. We do business requires the capitalist mindset, the entrepreneurial mindset, however you call it, you have to capitalize on an opportunity. And in this case, you capitalize on your own platform to drive more ethical sales. And what's a more ethical sale? Well, an ethical sale is meeting a need with something that will fill it well. And you can sleep at night knowing that someone else bought what you were selling because it made their lives better. That's an ethical sale to me. And an ethical sale is only possible when you truly know what that other person is going through or what their organization is going through. You can't just get that off of an RFP. You can't get that off of a creative brief. I have found that one of the fastest ways to develop the kind of relationship where you have enough information to bring an ethical solution to somebody is if you lead with an authenticity yourself. So you share what you've been through, the pains that you've had, the ways that you've grown. In my mind, those are the only things that I'm qualified to speak about. And in my mind, those are the only things that you are qualified to speak about is your own experience with things. And then something interesting happens is that they'll share what was on their mind what's going, I mean, if you then shut up from that point, 
you take a moment to just shut the heck up and listen and ask follow-up questions to their answers, it's going to work out. Let's see, we're at 15 minutes here. <clears throat> Clearing my throat a little bit. I'm not going to edit this. I figure with these solo episodes, you you sort of get what you get, right? Ask. The bridge from your dreams to your destiny. Your dreams become your destiny when you learn the secret art of asking. There are three direct channels, distinct channels, through which we can ask. Ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. I can very proudly say that I have read this book cover to cover now. Here on page 246, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Matthew 19, 4. Mark and Crystal's argument is that a child entrusted with childlike abandon in all things good frees our hearts and allows us to become more of a positive magnet for all the things we desire. And here are the qualities of a child. A child is humble. A child is pure. A child is innocent, trusts purely. A child believes with simplicity. A child is free of prejudice. A child is lighthearted and joyful. A child marvels at the little things. A child has the faith that he or she will be taken care of. A child notices the world's splendor. And a child feels deserving of God's love. When did we grow up in the worst way possible? It was Sunday morning, and it was raining out. And I work out every day with one of my best friends and accountability partners. After a run in the rain and a zip line in the Irvine Great Park. Yes, there is a zip line there for some reason that is available to kids and it is dangerous and I don't think that it should be there, but it is. Um, even I think I'm going to get hurt on it, but did it, it was fun. Then after we went to sit down at a, at a coffee, not a coffee shop, but a, uh, a restaurant called Knollwood in Irvine off of Sand Canyon. And I wrote what I'm hoping to introduce, what I'm going to introduce uh, the, the podcast episode with, with Mark and Crystal with. What do I ask two of the most influential authors in the world who literally wrote a book on asking as I sit here at Knollwood Restaurant in Irvine, sipping a coffee on this rainy morning. I've decided that the best way to prepare for this interview with Mark and Crystal is to pray, reflect, 
and listen through the movement of this pencil on paper. Dear Father, through the words of Bart Millard, I can only imagine, is the only introduction worthy of being followed by your glory. Today I recommit my surrender to your care and control. Thank you, Lord, for swapping out my old ways with a new life, a chance to live in your will and to practice your instructions every day. Lord, I've followed your will. I've committed my life to creating space for the powerful testimonies of others so that we may be together bring a message of acceptance to a hundred million people in isolation. Their fears, their worries, their stresses and suffering eased for just one moment by hearing their own story through the stories of others and realizing that they are not alone in their condition. Please use this space today with Mark and Crystal to do your good works and please place on our hearts a clarity and resolve to share messages that will lift up your children. I pray and ask these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first question, and probably the only question that I'm coming armed with, is why does the world need this book right now? I may not even have to ask this question. Like, I may not even have to ask that. <sighs> Leading off from that prayer may be enough. And then I'll just, you know, give you some of my tips as a podcaster, as an interviewer. Um, whatever they say next. And this could be wrong. This could be right. But you can usually tell. They may end up playing a tape that they have pre-recorded in their minds that is a canned response or canned answer. My job is to help them feel comfortable enough that they stop giving the canned answers and give us the real stuff. So, usually the following works. And I'm stealing this from Chris Voss. He did a master class on this. Uh, he's the author of Never Split the Difference. He's technically teaching about negotiation, but really he's a master conversationalist. And, and there's one recommendation that he has, which is mirroring. In this case, mirroring words. Let me explain. Let's say Crystal or Mark says, wow, it sounds like it sounds like you're on a beautiful mission and you're asking some great questions, especially through this prayer. It reminds me of a time that we walked through the valley in Arizona. Just throwing something random out there. Then my response would be, through the valley in Arizona? And then you stop talking. It may feel a little bit awkward at first to do this. It may feel a little bit awkward. But if you do it right, it will allow the interviewee to feel empathetically heard because you're using A, the exact words that came out of their mouth. B, 
It's going to help them bridge their thoughts to the next thought more seamlessly rather than going down a crisscross randomness and disjointed answers that honestly no one wants to listen to. It's not that compelling or interesting. So by, by going deeper, and then there's a second technique, which is the label, labeling. So they might say, one of them might say, yeah, the valley in Arizona, we go on a hike every single morning and watch the sunrise as the birds sing and the air has a cool, calm chill. I might then label, and you only want to do this when you know you're pretty much right. So I'm going to label and say, it sounds like you both really enjoy nature. Oh, yeah, we love nature. We're, we're conservationalists. We invest in green energy. Green energy. Oh, yes, we are on the board of two companies. And, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't an easy road to get here. Well, tell me about the road. Oh, thanks for asking. Uh, you know, the road was, was tremendous. We had this big mission ahead of us and we prayed about it and we weren't sure what was next, but we decided to follow our intuition and the Holy Spirit and, and we jumped head first and it's been a wild ride. A wild ride? Oh man, you wouldn't believe the highs and the lows of this. Well, tell me about the lowest low and the highest high. Oh man, you see where I'm going. At that point, there may be um, another, you know, after the lowest low and the highest high, it's been a wild ride. I might make an assertion that they value adventure. So I would say, sounds like you two are always up for a good adventure. <sighs> Continues to just open up and go deeper and deeper. Uh, hopefully this has been valuable for you. I've got about 14 minutes before I go live with them. Well, it's not live. It's going to be pre-recorded, but I'm going to put it out today. I'm going to go check my soundboard. Um, I got my questions. Oh, at the end of the book, I wrote some notes because they encourage writing your bucket list. So I wrote some bucket list items. I would like to author, write a dozen books on recovery, authenticity, and personal development. I've already written one. I got 11 more to go in that category that does not include fiction. So that is all nonfiction writing and musings. I'd like to create short film documentaries after interviewing the top 10 change makers globally. Um, I'd like to spend time obsessing over their story and really learning about them and showcasing their message to the world in a way that they never really thought was possible. Like I'm going to hold up a giant mirror and they're going to see themselves in a way that they never saw before. That's just what I do as an artist. Um, my wife and I are going to build a ranch where we can host leaders and politicians and be lobbyists for God. In this case, promoting concepts and ideals that are purpose driven and spirit focused. I would, with my wife, like to preach the message of the gospel and deliver our testimony across various megachurches in the U.S. We're members at a church here in Orange County called Saddleback. 
in Lake Forest. I think that's the obvious starting place through the ministry we're involved in called Celebrate Recovery. But I think based on that, we will be asked to do several more follow-up talks. I, I know this in my heart. So I don't even know this is a bucket list item. I already know it's going to happen. I'd like to take my wife to Europe for an extended vacation. And I would like to, at an appropriate point, take off an entire year to travel with my family and serve the poorest of the poor. Those are my bucket list items. And this has been the solo episode. I'll see you later. I'll listen to you later. I'll hear from you later. I'm building a new site uh, for Age of Authenticity. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to be hosted or what's going to be on it. Or if it might just be a redirect to the podcast. I don't know. But I've been so focused on other people's messages and stories. I sometimes forget to button up my own. So thank you for helping me string some of these things together today through an open monologue. I think it's still a dialogue. I'm really trying to take you into consideration um, as I record these. So thank you.